In a few moments, we're going to remember those who have given their lives and continue to give their lives around the world as we stand for a two-minute silence. Alan's written, where's Alan? There he is. He's written some poems uh, that will be up on the screen during the, the silence. And uh, just so you can read them, the incredible gift that he has to capture something of just the essence of the day. But before we do that, we're going to pray together. So let's join our thoughts and our hearts together in prayer. Let us pray. Lord, we're saddened at the thought of war, of soldiers who must fight and those people who are killed. And so today we remember their sacrifice with great sadness. But we thank them for what they continue to do for us. We remember that they won for us a victory in the Great War and the Second World War. And without their bravery, these wars may have been lost and our lives would have been so very different than they are today. Without the freedom we so much enjoy. But we're saddened at the thought of all the suffering. Saddened as we think about how you had to suffer to walk into Jerusalem knowing what was going to happen. The arrest, the mock trial, and being killed on that horrible cross. But we also remember the victory that you brought on that Easter morning when you rose again. And through that victory, you help us to become different to overcome the reason for war. And so, Lord, we pray for peace in our world. We pray that peacemakers would, would rise to the surface and that our world would be a place of peace for all people. We think now of places where there is still violence, still bloodshed, still fear and trepidation. We've seen those pictures of people on the borders with Belarus and Poland, or those pictures from Afghanistan. But Lord, there are many others, Ethiopia, Sudan. The list could go on and on and on. And we recognize it's not just armies and not just soldiers, but there are people who get injured, who live with disabilities throughout their life because of wars that were happening in their region. Those who have lost homes, lost relatives, those who face dangers and take risks for peace, those children that are caught up in these conflicts refugees that have to leave and go somewhere else because there's no other way to survive. God of encouragement and savior of the despairing, 
comfort those who remember past sacrifices and guide us in building a just and a peaceful community for all people. So let us stand as we remember and as we give thanks for all those who continue and who have in the past laid their lives down in service of their country and in service of freedom. Please be seated. Thank you, Alan, for, I don't know if you allowed us to share them, but we did anyway, but thank you for those amazing words that you've penned and just the way they help us to remember and worship today.
So thank you so much. Our young people have got uh, Sunday streams today. So Becky, thank you so much for coming. Becky's the Regen worker. She, she lives upstairs uh, when she doesn't go home. And so they have an office here. And um, so she kindly agreed to come. Well, she didn't agree to come. She volunteered. She, she said, can I come and do a children's ministry uh, for you guys on a Sunday morning? So uh, thank you so much for coming today. And the young people, why don't they come forward? And we'll pray with them. And then they will, they're going to go out and do some fun things. But not quite as fun as we're going to have in here, I tell you. So, awesome. So, you get to look at all their faces, you see, that's what I get to see. Brilliant. Can I pray for you guys before you go out? That'd be all right. Father, I want to thank you for each one of these young people. Thank you for Becky. Uh, just thank you for the opportunity they have to go and share and have fun together and just be together. And Lord, I know you're going to bless them. So we want to thank you and praise you and just pour out your blessing into their lives. Lord, bless them and through them, bless their homes, their families. For we ask this in the name of Christ. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful time. Enjoy yourselves. Awesome. We're going to go into God's Word, uh, but before we do that, just um, a couple of notices to bring to your attention. Tuesday night, we have our prayer meeting here, so do come along if you'd like to join us. Uh, but if there's anything you want us to pray for, do let the office know, and we will certainly include that in our prayers on Tuesday night. So we have a great time. We'll just sit up the front here. We pray together, just spend an hour in prayer. And uh, it's just a real privilege to come into his house every week and do that. So uh, if there's anything, anybody, any situation you want us to pray for, uh, do, do let us know and we'll be privileged to do that. Next Saturday, uh, the board, the, uh, the trustee board are meeting here at the church uh, for, a, for six hours. So um, to just look at the way forwards for the church um, we're, we're kind of come out of a pandemic now and everything stopped and there's wonderful potential new opportunities but also massive responsibility we're like where do we go what do we do what do we put back what don't we put back how do how's God leading us forward so please 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 pray uh, this week as the the board meet next this Saturday coming and as they make some really important decisions about the way forwards for the church uh, it's really, it's difficult to make decisions in these days, isn't it? It's difficult for us. You know, we book things up and we think, are we going to be in lockdown, not lockdown? What's happening in the future? Where is everything going? So it's, it's very difficult for the board as well. So we would really value your prayers as we meet together and share and see God's face and what he, he is saying to us as his people here at Trinity. Let's pray together as we open God's Word. Father, we want to thank you and praise you for your Word today. And as we read it together, we ask that you would 
speak into our hearts and into our lives. Lord, you know we've been looking at the prayer that you gave the disciples. It should be called the disciples' prayer, really, because it was for their benefit. It's for their use. It's to teach them how to pray. Teach us how to pray. And Spirit of God, we ask that you would do just that. Again, as we open your word, reveal to us everything that you would have us learn. This prayer is so deep. But Spirit of God, you can open it for us. Do that today, we pray. In the name of Christ. Amen. The disciples came to Jesus, didn't they? And they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus gave this prayer. It's not really Jesus' prayer in the sense that he, he never prays it. Because Jesus can't pray, forgive us our debts as we, or trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Because Jesus didn't have any trespasses to be forgiven. But he said, this is, how, this is how you are to pray. You know, as we read the scriptures, how many of you would, would just kind of love to have the kind of faith in you that you see in the pages of scripture? Would you love that? Like when you, when you see the disciples, not when they're messing up, right? That's not the kind of faith we want. But when they're, when they're really just on fire for God, when you see the apostle Paul ministering, when you see even in the Old Testament, you see Moses and you see Elijah and Elisha and others, do you not think, man, I wish I could have that kind of faith. I wish, I wish that kind of presence of God was within me as I read in the pages of scripture is that your prayer too like i think as we read it we kind of see the the distance of of what we read here and where we are in our lives and today jesus's words really are words that say you know what when you pray this you're praying that this may be true for you as it was for these guides. He said, teach us to pray. This is how you should pray. Our Father, he said. And that's, that's where he started. Firstly, it's communal, right? It's ours. It's not my Father who is in heaven. It's all of us. Community together. That our prayer life affects one another. That you can't just pray on your own, but we pray collectively. We pray, you know, when, when God answers a prayer for me, he answers a prayer for all of us. When God raises, you know, one of us up, we all get blessed by that. We're linked together. We're family. Our Father, he's, he's our Heavenly Father. That's the only reason we can pray. It's not our God who is in heaven as though God is some kind of distant uh, deity that, that all we can do is sacrifice to and, and, you know, hope that God is pleased. No, God is our Father. And that's the reason we can pray. That's the reason we come into the presence of God because he's a loving heavenly father. He's the one that kind of says, hey, you know, my daughter, Sheila, come, because you're my daughter. You know, Reg, you're my son, come. And we can walk in there, it says in, in Hebrews, with confidence because he's our father, not because of any other reason. But he's there in heaven and we looked at that last time or a couple of times ago. And heaven means that, firstly, that 
He sits on his throne in heaven, that, that everything is before him, that there he is at the top. There's no higher, there's no greater place to go than in heaven. And that's where he, he rules the, the galaxies from this heavenly courtroom that we looked at in Revelation 4 in heaven. But it also means that he's not bound when he answers prayer by the limitations of this world. It's what we call a miracle. A miracle is just God answering a prayer, but answering it from the limitations, not that there are any, particularly in heaven, rather than the ones on earth. And we, for us, it's really unusual, and we go like, whoa, that's a miracle. But for God, it's like, and Jesus was like, well, you know, what's the big deal here? Peter, you want to walk on water? Just come, have faith, right? It's not a big deal walking on water. Might be for us, but, you know, for Jesus, no, because in heaven, that's what you do. And so down here, that's what you can do too. So he's not limited by us. And then we said last week, hallowed be your name. In other words, hallowed means to, to put God on this place where there is, he is the only one in your list. That's what it really means. That, that no other consideration even comes into your list. He's not number one, as though there's a two, three, four, and five. He is the list. That the list of your priorities in your life is to hallow God, to, to raise his name up, to exalt him, to live for him, to give him pleasure. That's, that's what we're all about. That's, that's what it means to be hallowing his name. His name is his character. That everything about you needs to be God-focused. And we said last time that, that that's a tricky business, right? doesn't mince his words, Jesus, when he starts this prayer. So, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. But he carries on. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Today we're going to look at that next part of the prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The question is, well, what, what is, what does he mean by this? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. What is the kingdom of God? What does it really mean, your kingdom come? We're going to look today at Luke chapter 10. This is the chapter before the chapter where the disciples say to Jesus, teach us how to pray. That's Luke 11, verse 1, right? And then you get the, uh, the Lord's Prayer. So just before that, it says, remember he sends the 12 out, and he goes and tells them. Then he gathers together the 72. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them out two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. So this is like the advance party, right? It says, he told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. 
Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. We're like that. How many people leave home without their face masks and then think, oh, better go back and get them, right? It says, don't, don't take any of that stuff that you would normally take. How many of you go to Tesco's and places like that and you forget to bring your shopping bag with you? I mean, the number of you know, ones I have to buy is unbelievable. He says, when you enter a house, first say peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. And when you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal those who are ill and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into the streets and say, even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. So what is this kingdom of God? He sent them out and he told them to say that the kingdom of God has come near to these people. Well, the kingdom of God, firstly, it literally means the reign of the king, from the Greek basiliah. It means that his rules, his will, his desires, his commands are to be kept. When England, years ago, was ruled by the monarchy, we've all read about Henry VIII and all that stuff, right? His rules are all that mattered. When he said something, it became law in this country. That's how the Church of England started, wasn't it? Because he wasn't allowed to divorce his wife because the Pope said no. And then he said, well, then let's get rid of the Pope and I'll become head of the church. And as soon as he became head of the church, he says, now I can divorce my wife because I'm the head of the church, right? That's where the Church of England started. It means whatever he said goes in the land. He was ultimate and so the reign the kingdom of god is the rule of god in this world when we pray thy kingdom come thy will be done we're praying for two things firstly we're praying for the future king right there will be a time when jesus will return the second coming he will come back with power and he will come back on the world and he will set up his kingdom here on earth and everything will be ruled by God, right? So part of what we pray for is that that moment will come. Thy kingdom come, Lord, usher in the new heaven, the new earth, the second kingdom, the millennial reign, and so on, that we read about in Revelation. Come, bring that on our earth. But also we're praying for the present as well. Psalm 103, 19, the Lord has established his throne in heaven, our Father who art in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. So we're saying here that the kingdom of God, the outworking of God, the, the new heaven, the new earth, the rules of God, we're praying that they will come down on earth as they are in heaven. Now, the question then is, well, then, how does that happen, right? 
I mean, we, we understand the second coming. We understand that God's going to come back one day and nobody knows the time and he's just going to come back the way he, he left and all his angels are going to come with him. We understand that. But how, how do we ha- understand the rule of God today? What does that really look like? How, how, how does he rule today when we pray, thy kingdom come? What are we really asking God to do? How? How does it come? Well, it comes in a number of different ways. Let's look at some of these passages. Firstly, it comes through Jesus via the Holy Spirit from the Father. In Matthew 12, this is where the Pharisees come up to Jesus and they say to him, you know what, you must be doing all these miracles by the power of Satan. And Jesus says, how how is that even possible? How can a house, you know, a house divided will fall. How can I be cast out demons, Satan's, you know, people, by the power of Satan himself? That doesn't even make any sense. Then he says these words, but if it is by the Spirit of God that I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. So he's saying really that, you know what, that Jesus is the one through the power of the Holy Spirit that brings the kingdom of God into our world. When Jesus came, he came to show us what the kingdom of God is like. We'll go back to that Luke passage in a little while and see it again. So we recognize that, first of all, it comes through Jesus, through what he did on the cross and through his life. And it comes in the power of the Holy Spirit. It is by the Spirit of God that the kingdom of God comes. And Jesus then went on to say these words in Luke 17. He says, you know, the kingdom of God does not come visibly. It's not not an earthly kingdom. It's not a kingdom that's set up as opposed to the kingdom of the United Kingdom. Right? It's not a conflict. And this is where Pilate was trying to figure it all out, wasn't he? Are you a king? Yes, but not of this world. Right? Well, where is your kingdom then? What are you talking about? Jesus said, the kingdom of God does not come visibly, nor will people say, here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God is within you. It's inside. It's inside everyone who is a believer of Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God comes. So when we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We're inviting the King, God, through the work of Jesus Christ, by means of the Holy Spirit, to come into our lives and out of our lives through the Spirit into others, right? That's what we're doing. We're saying the rules, the the character, the, the will of God come into my life and then out of my life through the Spirit of God into others. Does it make sense? You can nod vociferously, right? That's what God is saying. That's what Jesus is trying to teach. Thy kingdom come. The kingdom of God, he said, is going to come within you. But we have to recognize, this is the verse I chose this year for our covenant cards. Ephesians 6, it says these things. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against this world, right? 
but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We're going to unpack that next year, what all this means. But he's saying that actually there, there's a conflict going on between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. A spiritual conflict that is battling. And we'll talk more about this next year, right? We'll unpack what that really means. So even though God wants to bring the kingdom of God into this world through you and me, inside of us, there are forces at work that are seeking to prevent that from happening. All right? We're in a spiritual battle. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against the spiritual and the physical. It's against the spiritual and the spiritual. That's where the real battle happens. That's what we're engaged in. If we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. It means, just as those soldiers did, that we get in the front line and we start fighting for God. That's what it means. That's what you're praying when you pray the Lord's Prayer. Let me try and explain how this works. And we're going to look again at this. Now, I need some volunteers for this. I need 10 people up the front. Don't make me choose. 10, you're not going to be embarrassed, but 10 people. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight, nine, nine, ten. Wonderful. You're going to love me. I'm telling you. You love me anyway. I know that. But you're going to love me even more. Okay, grab one of these. Any color you like. Just one. He's handing them out. Good. Okay, rip them open if you can. Awesome. That's your one, right? I'm going to grab one myself. See, I told you you're going to love me. Right, if you can't tear them open. Okay. Right, hang on. Everybody got them ripped? He's using his teeth now. He's, he's working on it. Okay, slide, slide the, uh, the string. Just slide it up with your fingers. Just go, whoosh, and then it will come off. Should do. Okay. Break them. Break and shake. Right? That's it. Break and shake. Okay. Yeah, of course. Right, okay. Okay, have you all broken and shaken it? Give it a bit of a shake. Okay. Everybody? 
All right, can we have the lights down, please? Okay. After this, the Lord appointed 72, and he sent them out two by two. So you need to get in pairs, right? We're going to be biblical here, so grab somebody. Two by two. Okay, that's perfect, right? And he went out to every town and place where he's about to go. He told him, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Now, spiritually speaking, all right, can we, can we get these ones down? Ch- change it over, to, yeah, maybe not. Okay, leave it like that, that's fine. Now, spiritually, there's light here, right? This is the church of Jesus Christ, but you guys are in darkness. You're in spiritual darkness. We're in spiritual light. Jesus said in John 1, he said, I am the light of the world, right? I've come into the world. But the darkness, the, the people didn't, didn't understand it, right? They didn't accept him. Now, how does Jesus' mandate work? Now, many churches, you know what they do? We all, have, we all have the light of Christ shining in us, right? Because we're the church of Jesus Christ. Okay? We are the church. And so we have the light inside of us because the word said today, the light shines in us. But there's spiritual darkness all out here. Now, many churches, do you know what they do? They think if we, if we can just shine our light, then maybe we can make the darkness come to the light. But there's a problem with that, isn't there? Because darkness likes darkness. And when you like it dark, what do you have to do? You turn the lights out, right? Darkness is never drawn to light because then it has to change. It becomes light. You can't stand up here in the light and not be seen, right? So a lot of spiritual darkness loves the darkness. So what did Jesus say we had to do? He said, I'm sending you out like lambs, you guys are the lambs, among wolves. Because there are a lot of them, and they love darkness. Okay, go. Go, go, go into the darkness. Just two by two, just go. Wherever you feel like going, go. That's fine. Stay together, because you need some companionship. Now, what's happening? Right? What's happening? What's happening is what he says. When you go there, he says, see if there's any peace there. See if you're welcomed. Right? If you're welcomed in that area, stay there. If you're not, wipe the dust off your feet. Right? They're not nice people. I've seen them. They're not nice people, right? Just leave them. Go somewhere else until you're welcomed. Then he says to this, where you are welcomed, what does he say? Heal those that are ill and tell them the kingdom of God has come close. Now, what's the distance from Nana and Lisa back there in the corner to me? Right? Great distance. Now, what's the distance between you and Quabina and Alex. They're right near you, right? They're bringing their light 
into your darkness. This is what Jesus said that we have to do, right? He said, go out there and bring your light, the light of God, the light that is within you, into these dark places. Because you can all see now where the light is shining, can't you? You see it around their necks, right? And this is, this is not, it's not like we've got big torches. But we can see who's got glow sticks and who doesn't have glow sticks. Do you understand what I'm saying? So he's saying, go there, go and tell them what? The kingdom of God has come near you, right? I'm going to use Nana and Lisa again. The kingdom of God, because it's inside Quabina and Alex, has come close to you. It hasn't come to you. It's just come near. And he says, you know what we have to do? We have to demonstrate the kingdom of God, right? Show the people what the kingdom of God is really like. So if you see sickness, pray to God who's going to send his power to heal them. You see division, pray to God and he'll send his peace. You see trouble and, and suffering and difficulty, pray to God and the God of the universe will send down his presence into that person's life, through you, through Alex and Quabina, into Nana and Lisa. Right? That's what God says. This is how we are supposed to do it. Wherever you go, he says, as you're going, just do this, wherever you are. Now, what happens if Nana and Lisa go, you know what? I want some of that too. Thank you, because I've seen the light now. I've seen the presence of God. I've seen the kingdom in my midst. Now, there's two choices for them. One is to say, thank you very much, and then Quabina and Alex will walk away. Okay, Quabina's obedient. Alex is not, right? He's walking away. Oh, there we go. Okay, here's Mars away. Okay. And the kingdom of God disappears from their presence. Yeah, if they're not ill. I'm not just saying it's about sickness, okay? What I said, it was about sickness or peace or challenge or difficulty or struggle. Jesus just didn't heal the sick, right? The woman caught in adultery, what did he do? He protected her in a time of need, right? It's about everything. It's about bringing the whole rule of God into that place. The desire, the passion, the presence of God into that place. Now, Nana and Lisa could just say, thanks very much. See you later. Or they could say, what? How can I have some of that too? How, how can I have that light shining in me as well? Go back. And then what happens? What happens is that the kingdom of God, through Quabina and Alex, then becomes the kingdom of God in Nana and Lisa, right? That's how it works. As you're going about your business, do this, make disciples. A disciple is someone who is on that journey. And if they then say, you know what? I'm just blown away by what God has done in my life. How do, I, how do I become, how do I get started on that journey? 
then God will use Alex and Quabina to help Nana and Lisa start on that journey. Snap it. Spoken, broken like Jesus was. That's it. And then what happens? You have two more people where the kingdom of God has not just come near, but the kingdom of God has come inside. Understand? This is what Jesus is saying in these words. He's saying, when we pray, thy kingdom come, we are praying just this, right? We're praying, Lord, send me out. Let the light that I have inside of me because of you shine. And through shining, allow, flow through me into situations where I can be used by you to bring the kingdom of God near to others. See, that's what we pray. Every time we pray, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. It's really an outworking of the hallowed be your name, isn't it? I want your name to be up there for everybody to see. How? How by, by sending me out? Maybe I will be like a lamb amongst wolves, but I'm going to be protected by you. You send me out so that your kingdom can come into this situation and this situation and this place and this place, in my home, in my place of work, when I'm out at the shops, wherever, my neighbors, wherever you choose. That's where I love you to send me. Flow through me so that your kingdom will come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Now I bet loads of you wish you'd volunteered. Thank you for all those that helped this morning. Can we have the lights up? And then let's pray together. I hope that's kind of helped you to understand in a visible way what Jesus was really saying. Father, the Lord's Prayer is so, we, we say it so often. But Lord, in all honesty, it is, it will stretch us to the limit. Father, teach us how to bring your kingdom wherever you send us. We're, we're missionaries right where we are when we allow the light of Christ to shine through us. We don't have to get on a plane or a boat and go to the far side of the world. For some people, that's, that's where you send them. But for most of us, you say right here is where I want to bring the kingdom. And Lord, we recognize outside of these four walls, there is so much spiritual darkness. There are people in such a state, so messed up looking for something, but they don't know to look for you. 
And you didn't just say to us to, to shine while we're in here. You said, get out there. I'm sending you like lambs against wolves, but I'll be with you. Trust me, he said. Trust me, trust me, trust me. Lord, let our light shine. The light of you inside of us shines so bright that wherever we go, like those disciples, like the apostles, like, like the people we see in the scriptures, that your presence, your kingdom would come. Flow through us, we pray. This week, wherever we are, help us to bring your kingdom. Bring it through us. For we pray in the name of Christ. Amen.